our glory to God. Well, Father, as we go forth in your word tonight, Father, I know that I'm ministering to bodies that are present in the room, but also, Father, ministering to those that are not present in the room listening via SoundCloud. My prayer tonight, Father, there's so much confusion on gender issues and relationships, Father. Pray that your word will provide a blueprint for everyone to follow, Father. Single, married, really is a good blueprint for everyone that has a heart to listen, Father. And I pray that your word will find its place and its mark. It'll be planted and deposited into good ground tonight. And some will produce 30, 60, but some will produce 100-fold, Father, because of the condition of their hearts while here. And as always, Father, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of these sessions. In Jesus' name, everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Praise God. One more time, let's just lift our hands and glorify the great King of kings and Lord of lords, our wonderful Savior, our Father God. Father, we reverence the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place tonight. We yield to it right now. Every word will be uplifting and comforting tonight. Even if it convicts, it'll convict with a level of comfort, Father. Give you glory in advance. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. All right, just love on someone today, however you're led to love on them, however you're led to greet them. start a, a new series tonight entitled Every Single Christian because it really is for every single Christian whether you're married or unmarried obviously it'll have a focus towards singles but I think if you're married and you have a heart it'll help you rebuild some of the foundations and go back and really think about how did we build this in the first place I mean even in a marriage you can go back and build the proper foundation how many of y'all know that it's not a problem at all. God's grace will be sufficient to get you right where you need to be. I believe he's a restorer of paths to dwell in. So you could have lived 10 years the wrong way, rebuild that foundation, and he'll restore all the 10 years that were lost because he's just that good, okay? And so uh, I want you to know I look, went back and looked at every message I've ever taught, every series from the time I arrived in Atlanta uh, up until now. And I really understood something that, you know, lessons are often presented on the subject of home and family. And I understand why, because I've been in a relationship for 21 years and married for 18 years. I mean, single doesn't pop up in my my framework of of reference. It really doesn't. And so really, I want to apologize, but I'll tell you why. We describe the responsibility of spouses, parents, and children's. Because usually that's what pastors live, so that's what they know. That's their day-to-day lives. And a lot of times as a result of that, singles can feel left out. And so if you really look at the condition of singles in church today, you know, you can't live what's, what's not taught in your church. If there's no revelation on the subject in church, now you know it can't manifest. You can't have the fruit of it unless there's some solid intentional teaching And it can't just be a sermon. It really needs to be an ongoing ministry to that group of people. And so 
I want you to know I've been convicted by studying this. Again, because it's just not where I'm at. Uh, But at the same time, I'm also revived because, man, this is some important information. And so I've looked at every verse from Matthew to Revelation on this subject. And we will cover every single one of them over the next several weeks. And we will leave no stone unturned about being single, being widowed. You know, the Bible tells you what to do if you're widowed at a young age, if you're widowed at an older age, if you're divorced, what that looks like after divorce. How many of you can't just divorce for any reason? And if you don't understand that, you can't just remarry for any reason. And we're really going to talk about all of that because the Bible is clear. So I think on the front end, it's going to help singles think about and discern properly what I'm getting into. But also married people realizing that there's nothing that you're going through that the book doesn't have answers for. And you can have heaven right here on earth in your marriage today if you choose to. I mean, that's a choice. All right? And it's just, it's going to be real clear today. So now, you know, I've never laid it out like this before, so we're really going to look at a theological, doctrinal type of approach, and, and then we're going to really wrap it up, uh, and there'll be practical things said along the way. And then at the end, I'm going to minister. I want the ladies to hear this too, but I'm going to minister to men, to males, uh, very strongly, in love, uh, but I think it's important. You know, a lot of times we're always telling males, be a man. Well, what does that look like? Biblically. Be a man. You know, I heard that all my life. Man up. And usually what that translates to is don't cry. You better not cry. Right right or wrong. So men grow up with issues about showing emotion. You know, being able to reveal their true feelings because somebody told them that's soft if you do. So we're going to work through all of that, okay? All right? And so let's get started today. The way this will be laid out. Point number one, we're going to look at questions regarding the single Christian. The title is Every Single Christian. We're going to look at questions regarding the single Christian. And really, there there are two aspects of that. I'll talk about that in a moment. Did you all know Jesus taught on the subject of celibacy? Did you all know that? Raise your hand if you knew that. All right, good. We're going to look at that. We'll probably get to that tonight. And um, we're going to look at the benefits of, of being single Singles are at an advantage, not a disadvantage. It just depends on how you look at that. But it's really more advantageous for you than it is married people. And we'll talk about why. It's really advantageous for both, just in different ways. All right? And we'll go on and on. So just follow me. I'll tell you how to take your notes. Questions regarding the single Christians. And you all can ask. We can have some dialogue they're really only, you know, how we always ask the question. You ever seen someone that said, why are they still single? Have you all ever done that before? And there could be many reasons why someone, okay, let me ask it this way. Have you ever asked yourself, why am I still single? This is good. There are really two reasons. Some are single because of circumstances. Others are single by choice. Okay, and so let's just kind of talk about a little bit some questions around that. Some may be single, especially in in the area where women are concerned, because they've never been asked 
the question, will you marry me? So it's not that they don't want to be married. They've never been asked to be married, right? And so, I mean, they can't really, they're waiting to be, you know, go through the process and, 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 and ask the question. Then there are men who've not yet found a woman to accept their proposal. What I mean by that, they don't have a problem get going after them. It's just no one has said yes to them. There are those that are divorced, but I want to be real clear. Sometimes people are divorced, and it's not their fault. They had nothing to do with it. The, the other person just completely got off, right? And so now they're left single by a divorce that they didn't contribute to. Now, I believe both sides are always in it, but there are some legitimate cases out there where one or the other can get caught up in drugs or alcohol and judgment gets off, and and they just completely go out, go off. And the person is left single as a result of that. I mean, you know, that's not that person's fault. They didn't choose that. Now they're left in that situation. Then there are those that are widowed because they suffered the loss of their spouse. And sometimes this happens early in a marriage, Sometimes it happens late, but the Bible is real clear on what the widow is supposed to do at a young age and what the widow is supposed to do at an older age, okay? And we're going to talk about all of that. You you will have a blueprint for the rest of your life. There's no way now for you to miss the joy of being single heading into the joy of being married. But if you don't have the joy of being single, don't get married. Did you all hear that? Marriage won't give you that. It's actually getting ready to bring out the other stuff. (laughs) Then the choice, by choice. There are people who prefer the single life by their own merits. I know people like this. They just prefer that. I mean, that's okay. And we shouldn't judge that. There are people that will tell you, I'm good. And that's, if they're sincere, that's good. Then there are those who have chosen to remain single for other reasons. And we're going to get into all of that. You never should choose to be in a situation because of a previous bad situation. So you have to, on purpose, get free from the bad situation so that your perspective can be different going into the new situation. You cannot ignore that like it never happened because it will resurface in your new situation. All right, and so we're going to talk about all of that. A lot of people don't understand. They can't see it, but they're carrying just garbage bags of stuff around. They can't see it, but they're carrying it, and then it takes something to trigger it, And they realize, where did that come from? Well, there's some issues that were never dealt with. So we want to make sure we have the joy of being single before we ever go into, I would even say this, before you ever go into a relationship, make sure you love yourself first. And when I say love yourself, I'm talking about love yourself good. You treat yourself good. You don't neglect yourself. You make yourself a priority. You are important to yourself. You wake up and you say, self, you look good. 
Self, this is getting ready to be one of the best days of my life. And you, you've got to own you because that's what you're going to project to everyone else you come in contact with. Now, let's look at this. Jesus taught on the subject of celibacy. Go with me to Matthew chapter 19, and I want to start right here for a reason. Matthew chapter 19. Now, let me give you the definition of a eunuch, okay? The Greek word is a word, eunokos, spelled E-U-N-O-U-C-H-O-S, okay? And this is what it means, because when I read this text, each one has a different Greek meaning, and you're going to see it based off of this, this definition here. So it literally means a castrated person. It means an impotent person. I mean, you know, people are born with birth defects and they can't perform. Okay. So, you know, you may be dealing with someone. They're not going to disclose that to you. But that could be the reason why they don't want to be in a relationship. We need to leave them alone. And then also, an unmarried man. Okay. Did you all get all three of those? Okay, now let's read this text, and you're going to see each one described in this text. Matthew chapter 19. Let's read verse 11 and 12. But he said to them, this is him teaching on celibacy, all cannot accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. That's a strong saying. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb. That's impotent, right? So there are people who were born that cannot perform, listen to this, both ways, male and female. They have birth defects. Everybody clear? Sometimes they can look normal like everyone else, but they have challenges that they have made a decision that I am comfortable living this way for the rest of my life. And so when you encounter people who tell you that they are good, believe them and encourage them in that. You don't know the circumstances surrounding them. Then he says... And there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, castrated for the purpose of war in biblical times. They didn't want them out there being distracted or hanging out with the locals late at night. Right? And so, man, God bless them. But, boy, I would have had to get out of the armory, Rob. They just, man, just kill me. I mean, just, (laughs) you already killed me, so just let's just... But anyway, that's what he's referring to here. And then watch this. And this is noble, folks. A lot of times we have fun with this, but when I studied this, God convicted me. This is noble. Then there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs. Here's the key. For the kingdom of heaven's sake. All right? So notice, they made themselves eunuchs. Well, what is that? An unmarried man or woman. All right? They've done this. For the kingdom of heaven's sake, who's ever able to accept it, let him accept it. So what does that look like? You know, if you get a a priest, a priest has made a decision to be celibate and remain unmarried for the service of the kingdom. 
decision. A nun has made that decision. Missionaries at time have, have made that decision to, their life work is to go overseas and to serve in villages and help those that are less fortunate than them. That is noble, folks, to basically live your entire life as a servant unto God. We should not say to those people, don't you want to get married? Don't you want to have children? Don't you want to start? Because now we're dishonoring a grace that God has given them to do that. Is everybody clear on that? There are people that may be attending church that that have that position that I just want to live the rest of my life in the service to the kingdom of God. And they'll usher and hostess and and be on all kind of boards and hospitality and care ministries. and, And that is their service to the kingdom. And they can do that their whole lives. Listen, folks, that is noble. And we need to celebrate people that are okay with that. And not look at them like something is wrong. Now, let's look at it another way. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Paul considered his singleness a gift from God. Now, I looked everywhere, high, low, in between, every study aid I had, and I couldn't find anywhere where Paul had ever been married. So then, clearly, Paul made a choice. Right? All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Paul was a learned man. Now, how many of you know, when you have education and you're smart and you're a Pharisee, a Hebrew of Hebrews, ladies, help me out. You know, if you're smart, educated, and successful, they don't have to always be the finest thing in the world. You say, no, speak for you. No, 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 no. They need both, Pastor. They need education, success, and I need to be attracted to them, huh? Well, what I've seen on television and out there in the world, you know, sometimes you'll see two people and you you realize that brother is successful. (laughs) Come on now. Come on, it's okay. Talk to me. We've all seen this situation, right? That brother is successful. Then it's sometimes just the other way around. You all can look at me and see what happened to my wife. It's, it's clear. She said, woo-hoo-hoo, woo. She said, I need the best of both worlds. First Corinthians chapter 7. Look at verse 7. Paul considered his singleness a gift of God. Look at what he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. For I wish that all men were even as I myself. How was he? Single. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. But each one has his own gift from God, one after this manner. What manner is that? The gift of singleness, right? And one after that. What is that? Marriage. All right, everybody clear? So everyone has their gift of God. So we're going to talk about how do you know whether or not you have that gift or not. I mean, I knew I have never had that gift. And that was clear. I knew I was called to be married. Anybody else in here know that they're called? It is on, I knew it was on me. It was a mantle that was resting on me. Come on, somebody. And I could not live the rest of my life single, but I could enjoy my singleness. You, you all understand the difference. 
So Paul considered this a gift from God to be single. And really, when you think about it, the gift is the ability to get your life together. Think about it for a moment. If you are not important to you, how will you be important to someone else? Okay, let's talk about it another way. If I don't treat me good, I'm getting ready to treat someone else the same way I treat myself. So if I don't take time to give myself the gift of getting my life together. And so the gift is that I get to do this undistracted. And you're going to see that from the Word of God. Which means you want to stay focused until you have something to give somebody. Oh, Jesus. There are some times that circumstances make being single the best choice. All right? We're going to talk about that. Go, let's stay in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. There are times when circumstances make being single the best choice. Let's read about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 25 through 28. How many of y'all have ever heard the, the term, it's better to marry than to burn? How many of y'all have, you know people that said, I'd rather do this than that? We're going to look at that, and we're going to understand the context of that statement. And is that really a good reason to get married? Because you're burning. Is the better reason to exercise self-control and prove that you can do it prior to marriage? Because if you're burning and marrying on the premise of burning, then what's going to stop you when you burn after marriage? towards somebody that you're not married to because you never learned how to control your gift. So why haven't you cheated on your wife? I didn't cheat on God prior to marrying her. So the foundation was already there. One of the greatest compliments I believe anyone can ever share with me, I was eating lunch with a pastor today, and he said, you know, you really don't know what people say about you outside of you. And so he said, I meet with pastors. I sit down with pastors all the time, and we talk. And you guys are starting to develop a relationship, a, a, a reputation linked up church. He said, and this is what they say about you. And this is the first thing that came out of his mouth, that you and your wife are close, and nothing's getting between the two of you. I said, you don't really need to say nothing else after that, because that's the most, that's what church should be built off of. You all understand? Where that comes from, folks, was eight years of controlling my gift. I want you to think about it just in natural terms. If you never disciplined yourself to control your gift, why would you think you're going to be able to discipline after marriage? Marriage doesn't solve that issue. Think about it. You already demonstrated I'm out of control. So I'm willing to cheat on God. You know I'll cheat on you. And, and, And write this down and put this in your thinking. If God can't keep them, you definitely can't keep them. I don't care how good you think your stuff is. Trust me. When I put something on them, let me tell you, they ain't going nowhere. When I, when I put something on them, they, they are not. No, no. There's somebody else out there thinking the exact same way. Come on. I'm pretty, come on. We all grown folks in here. Am I right or wrong? 
You just fooled yourself if you think that's the way to keep somebody. I'm y'all glad you came tonight. <laughs> oh, it's going to be, I'm telling you, it's getting ready to be good for several weeks in a row, too, because we're going to exhaust this subject. You're going to have a blueprint to live with, married or single, for the rest of your life. All right, sometimes, folks, not all the time, circumstances make being single the best choice. Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, let's read verses 25 through 28. It says, now concerning virgins. Can I just go real slow here? Okay, virgin, if you look that up in the Greek, guess what it means? No, it means unmarried. So, biblically, you're you're either a virgin or you're married. Male or female. Wow, have we gotten far away from that blueprint. Come on, don't shout. Come on, church. Come on, let's stay in the church now. You remained unmarried as a virgin until you married. That's really the only two things the Bible talks about. We need to get back to this foundation, folks. Right? And let's just say you messed up and become a spiritual born-again virgin. <laughs> That's what I did prior to salvation. I didn't know any better. Right? So I'm out there. I didn't know any better. But once I gave my life to Christ, I literally asked God to give me spiritually my virginity back. And I committed to him the next time I'd sleep with someone would be on my wedding night, which was eight years later. And honestly, it was like I had, after eight years... I mean, I really was a virgin all over again. It was like, man, I'm telling you, I was so excited in London. Man, it, was like, it was over before it started, if you understand what I I looked at her, and I just said, oh, hold me. Just hold me. <laughs> just, I'll be back. Let me take a nap for a little while. I'll be back. Came back over again. Out for the count. I mean, you know, I thank God I'm not the man I used to be. We've grown up a little bit after these 18 years of marriage. But boy, I know I disappointed her on that wedding night. I know I did. It was over before it started, Minister Benny. I was just too excited. Oh. Let's take a nap. Let's take a nap. So I'm sorry, babe, if you're listening by SoundCloud, I still apologize for that night. <laughs> now concerning virgins, unmarried, I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has trusted. Listen to what he says here. I suppose, therefore, that it is good because of the present distress that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Why? Because of the present distress. Okay, and I'm going to talk about this for a minute. What distress were they under? The church was just beginning, and Christians were being persecuted, hung, killed. I mean, that wasn't the time to think about getting married and starting a family. So that was the distress. But, but let's bring that up to 21st century. I mean, if I'm struggling to get, if I'm under distress, the principle still applies. If I can't take care of me, pay for me, come on, come on, have reliable transportation. Come on, somebody. 
I can't hold a job. How I many know I'm under distress? And in that situation, it's good to stay single until your atmosphere calms down. See, a lot of times, ladies, and I'll help you out. When you marry a man that's undeveloped, he's frustrated with himself. So when you're asking him, what are we going to do and how is this going to be paid? It's not, he's not angry at you. He's angry at his inability to be what he knows he's supposed to be in this situation. And so he lashes out from his own personal distress. You all still with me out here? But he needs me. No, he needs to be a man. He needs to get himself together on his own. But if I don't stay with him and pray for him, he doesn't. So many people fall into this trap. said, it's good for them to remain even as he is, which was single. So he says, are you bound to a wife? Then do not seek to be loosed. Are you loose from a wife? Then do not seek a wife. But, and you can see he's speaking specifically to me in here. All right, ladies, you are in the driver's seat. Listen to me. Do not date a distressed man. Especially if he hollering, pimp in distress, pimp in distress. <laughs> Some of y'all that flew right over your head. Over, just leave you alone tonight. <laughs> Are you all listening out here? What does a distressed man look like? Because a lot of people don't know. Because he could be cute. He could have a suit on. He could be dressed. Come on, somebody. He could have borrowed his uncle's car. And pulled up, come on somebody, he could have borrowed the clothes that he has on and show up and you are clueless. You are like, ooh, a man. (laughs) Slow down, slow your roll. And let's get some information here. And let's get to know each other without our lips locking. And our bodies squeezing each other. And let's get down to some facts. What high school did you go to? Uh, Well, uh, well, you see, uh, he's in distress. That's a real simple answer. Am I right or wrong? Bishop Borges High School. That's a simple. Well, you see what happened. And I I, I transferred and I went to and I, I was living with my father. And then when I went to go live with my mother, the schools, and somehow my transcript got a little caught up in the... I mean, I know he's in distress. Next question I want to know, what college did you go to? Well, see, I started. That's a simple answer. Bowling Green State University. See, when, when they have to explain, he's in distress. I'm trying to help you out, ladies. And I'm preaching better than you said. Now, watch this. Next question. Legitimate question. Where do you work? Well, see, right now, see, right now. But, but my uncle left me an inheritance that clears in two years. See, two years, what's happening right now? Come on, Priya, come on, help me, folks. Where do you work? Simple answer, linked up church. I'm linked up, I'm linked up. 
Simple answer, right? When they start explaining, they're already letting you know they are in distress. And they're trying to talk their way out of it. Legitimate next question. Where do you live? Well, see, right now I'm staying with my uncle. He's in distress. Right away I should know, put this in reverse. As fine as he is, he's not ready. And you've got to love yourself enough to know that. I'm, t- I'm teaching better than you all saying amen. And I'm trying to show you distress signs. He's under pressure. He doesn't even like questions. And if he asks something like, if he, if he responds something like, why are you asking me all these questions? It's real simple because I need to know. And, and, and the way you're reacting, you are clearly, this is all you need to say, you are clearly in distress. <laughs> and that, that's your little inside, that's your little inside nugget. To say, no, it's not personal, but, but it was nice meeting you. Man, I pray you all are writing all of this down. How many of you would have had this, you would have bypassed. Come on, talk to me. You would have bypassed about five, six, come on, somebody, seven situations, right or wrong? Am I right or wrong? Come on, Ray, don't lie in here. Come on, you, you can think about several situations. If I just would have went through the checklist, I would have noticed all the distress this guy was under. Right? All right. But even if you do marry, verse 28, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh, now, I'm getting ready to teach you something. I might close the service down right here. Because I'm going to teach you the context, then I'm going to teach you the principle. All right? And if you missed this, you missed it. All right? Listen to what he said. He told him, if you marry under these circumstances, what circumstances? The pressure and persecution that the church was under. Right? You're going to have trouble in the flesh. He didn't say in the spirit, did he? Because it won't touch that, it won't affect that, but in the natural, you're going to have challenges. If you try to start a family and raise a family under these circumstances, you're going to have challenges. 21st century, you married a man under distress, could not take care of himself. How I many? That's pressure. Right? I mean, we can already have some problems, not in the spirit, but in the flesh. Because listen, ladies, it's not like your expectation of him to be a man is getting ready to change. Okay, so, so he's underdeveloped and under distress. But I'm dating. Right? He loves me. He asked me to marry. Let's go back to the checklist. What high school did he graduate from? 
all we got to do is go back here before we go any further. What college did you go to? Okay. Listen, legitimate question. Where do you work? Where do you live? Because this is what this is getting ready to look like. Can I just be real transparent, real honest? He lives in the basement of his parents' home. Guess where you getting ready to live? Oh, somebody, somebody's seen this movie right here. Oh, Lord Jesus, stretch your hands over there. Come on, send it. I'm telling you, I'm getting ready to be so real with, with you. I would invite everyone I know, because you don't hear this stuff in church anymore. People are afraid to say this stuff. I don't want to offend anybody. I want to offend you if it's going to convict you to change. Okay, so let's just talk about what this looks like. He doesn't have transportation. But you do. He's under distress. Now he's upset with you because you won't let him drive your car. And this is his argument. But I put the gas in it. That man's under distress. So, so can I just show you what this looks like? So you won't go through life saying nobody ever told you. So you marry him under distress. Now the two of us are distressed together in this basement. It's finished now. It's a, fin- it's a finished basement. It's a finished basement. And it's, it has its own bathroom. So we're we kind of good. You know. we out of, we're out of the way. But, man, I'm in my parents' house. Let me tell you what two, typically what two distressed people are getting ready to do. Have a child. So now the distressed man, female married in distress, hello somebody. We're not even talking about whether or not they already had kids prior to this. Now the kid is distressed. Why? Because the parents are distressed. Now we send the distressed kid off to school. Can't nobody manage this kid. Where'd that come from? That's a learned behavior. Let me tell you what the distressed male who was not ready for that usually does. I can't take it. Now, we're left to go move back in with mom, with the child, and the distressed man has gone on to distress somebody else's life. Tell you why. Because he never learned the lesson. And there will be a female who will feel sorry for him. And this is why in a lot of cases, distressed males marry their mother. They marry someone who they want to take care of them. You know, this level of enthusiasm that I'm sensing in this room tonight, this is like record-breaking for Linked Up Church. This is some good stuff, folks. 
think I just might want to unplug right here. Good stuff. You learning anything tonight? He can be cute. That's all right. Compliment him. But don't forget to ask those questions. They're simple answers. If they explain, they're distressed. See, what had happened was distressed. You all want a little bit more tonight? Ladies. Because <laughs> that's my target group tonight. Uh, how many of y'all can honestly say if I would have asked the question and just paid attention, I could have bypassed that? Raise your hand. Be honest. Right or wrong? Right. Now, this is what we're getting ready to say to you. You didn't know. But now you know. So if, after this, if you still go do something like that, I can't feel sorry for you. I can love you, but you're grown now. Let me tell you what I've learned. Grown folks do what grown folks want to do. And you have to leave grown folks alone. All right, go. let's look at verse 32. Well, Do I even want to start this? This is rich. All right, let's move on to another point. I think you all get that one, right? All right, distress signs, distress signals, all of that, right? Don't marry a man, don't even date a man that's distressed. All right, I want you to listen to me. He will never become a man. He never has to be. Are you listening? Right? You have no standards. He's going to treat you at the level that you desire to be treated. You set the rules for the relationship. He can't treat you any different than what you allow. So don't even say, he did me this way. No, you allowed him to do you that way. All right, let's go to this point. What are the benefits of being single? What are the benefits of being single? <clears throat> Number one benefit is the freedom of care. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, especially at times of distress, distress and persecution. How many of you know as a single person, I was under distress. After I graduated from college, I couldn't find a job. It took me a whole year. So, I, I mean, I, I lost weight. You all understand I'm pretty much living with my brother. We're both living together. I mean, that's not the time to be out here trying to date because I'm under distress. Right? But guess what? There was no one else that I was putting at risk but me. All right, let's watch this. Read this. First, First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 26 and 27. Most men have to go through this process of distress in getting their lives together. What they prove to themselves is that they can work through the distress and get themselves together. What it'll prove to you as a future spouse is that when challenges come, 
he has demonstrated already that he can work through distress in a healthy way and get us where we need to be. Because what life is going to be full of is life. So think about it. If he never learned how to do this, once it hits him, he's going to do the same thing he's always done, which is run. And a real man doesn't run from problems. A real man runs to problems. And, look, and listen to what he does. He shields his family from them. First Corinthians chapter 7. Some benefits. You all getting anything out of this tonight? What are some benefits? Look at First Corinthians chapter 7 here, 26 and 20. Let's read that again. I suppose, therefore, that it is good because of the present distress that uh, it is good for a man to remain as he is. See, are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loose from a wife? Do not seek a wife. Drop down to verse 32, and this is where I want to go with this. But I want you to be, I'm reading out of the New King James Version, without care. Who is that referring to? Single person, right? Specifically a male. Watch this. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Listen, ladies, I'm getting ready to teach you something. He must love God more than he loves you. All right, I'm going to spend my time here. I'm going to lay something out for you, okay? That is a prerequisite that he loves God. And there are some real signs that will make it real clear to you whether he does or he doesn't. All right, watch this. He said, but I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the what? How he may what? What does that look like? Someone that wants to please God is in the house of God. They're not attending because you invited them. They're there whether or not you invited them or not. Don't be fooled into thinking that because they come with you that they're really in church. That may just be an easier road to the cookie if that's what makes you happy. Finish this message, Deacon Al. I'm getting ready to get out of here before I... Y'all don't mind if I just make this real plain, do you? Because it's real clear to know. I don't know why this is even that difficult. He's not leading this charge. He doesn't love the Lord more than you, if he loves you at all. Because men are hunters. If you pose a little challenge... It makes it fun for him to figure out if he can crack that safe. I feel like some fellas in here, like, why are you exposing me, man? I'm feeling like there's some fellas in here might want to have some conversations on a personal level. At the end of it, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm going to read this real slow. But I want you to be without care. See, this is his desire. 
show you what makes you without care is putting God first in your life. Some kind of confidence that you get from knowing that Jesus is the Lord of your life. That, that translates to success and things are going to work for me because my priorities are in order. It removes worry and care because I know this is lined up right. You know what I'm saying? I was not waiting on my friend Patricia to lay out the guidelines of this relationship. I laid those out and said, this is what we will do and this is what we will not do. Then I said, if I violate this, then you go to the pastor and you tell him that I'm not who I said I am. I don't deserve to be over these youth if I'm not living what I'm instructing them to live. But I told her, if you violate it, I'll walk away from you on GP. I mean, that can't come from her. That needs to come from a man. She stopped going to church. That has nothing to do with me because I love God more than her. Hello? Notice what he said here. What he cares about is the Lord and how he can please the Lord. So they want to please the Lord in this relationship. Right? And they don't want to do things Watch this. When they love you, it's going to get you out of position with the Lord. They really want to shield and, not you, they really want to shield and protect from all hurt, harm, and danger. Keep everything that's not like God and unpleasing to God out of this situation. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried, cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Okay, I'm going to lay some things out here, then I'll close. Ladies, church should be important to him. Okay, I'm going to take it to the next step. Serving God in the kingdom of God should be important to him. These are going to tell you things about who he really is. You understand? Because he'll tell you everything you want to hear. I love God. You don't love God? (laughs) What's wrong with you? I heard somebody over here say that. Stop messing my message up. Who said that? (laughs) All right, stay with me now. I'm going to close right here because this is about all you all can handle tonight, right? Church is going to be important. Let a female tell me church is not important. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to join a church. Man, listen, you you can stay away from me with all of that. I've been in it too long to show me anything different. Stay away from me with that. Your language has already allowed me to locate you. See, they start talking about I don't need no man trying to tell me what to do, and I don't need to go to church, and, and all they want is this, and all they do, and they, they preach, and, and blah, blah, blah. Your language has already helped me locate you. Amen. He's going to be faithful to God where that's concerned. Then he's going to tell that he loves him because, how I many know, you always serve what you love. And that's going to be a priority for him. 
And listen, ladies, it's getting ready. I really want to know, does he honor God with his money? Because that's getting ready to impact the rest of my life. Then we're going to start talking about, is he trying to get after my body? And it doesn't take long to figure that out. Just get together by yourselves. And he'll start playing around. The Bible didn't really mean all of that. <laughs> They'll twist scriptures. Instead of leading you in this. It's good stuff, man. I'll stop right there and I'll pick back up on next week. It's good stuff, boy. Huh? Ooh, glory to God. <laughs> Man, it is like a deer in headlights in here. People are just like. All right. That's why I'm telling you, if you're in a situation, slow that, put that right in neutral until you hear all of this. And then let's reevaluate. Watch this. Listen to me, ladies, especially ladies. If he doesn't lead the charge, you don't want that situation. He's not the one saying, hey, I didn't know this prior to that, but now that I know it, we're getting ready to set this up this way. Not a good situation. Why not? Because God didn't move him. So if God's words don't move him, why would your words move him? Because you're going to want him to do things for you. You're going to communicate and talk and share and share your heart and give him your heart. Hello, somebody. But he blew off God's word. You know why I respond to my wife the way I do? 